Johnny and Justin were two simple Imagineers at Disneyland until they dared to ask the question, Hey Justin, is Disney diverse? Huh. Well, Johnny, I'm not. Oh no, we baby the mouse! Stormtroopers run! <laughs> Holy crap, it's a gaggle of cookies! Now, from undisclosed locations within the Disney park, Johnny and Justin record a podcast where they seek to answer the question, is the Disney catalog diverse? Everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Plus Diversity, where me and Justin just have nerdy conversation about stuff that we're into and talk about how diverse it is. Not official Disney Plus Diversity, no ratings here, but like, again, just stuff that we're into that we're going to probably talk about anyway. So, Justin. Mm-hmm. So, how was your four hours spent watching Zack Snyder's Justice League? <laughs> Took me two days. Oh my gosh. Two hour chunks, which is uh, what I will say is the recommended way. Mm. of watching of watching that movie johnny how about you <laughs> okay so here's the thing so i watched it all at once okay because again like you know like i finished teaching one day and i was done and everything was less planned out for the next day right I, I literally had a block of free time my evening was free and i was like let me just go ahead and watch this now and just see how it is because sure let me just go ahead and knock it out so i knocked it out all in one sitting okay so thoughts like what do you think of it okay I want to set something up and this will probably bring an angry mob to my social media, mm-hmm. but I feel like I have to set this up. Um, I do not like the Zack Snyder movies. Uh, I know this isn't going to make me very popular, but I'm going to say no for all the right reasons. <laughs> At this point, I, I've, uh, I, I'm not going to go through every movie he's made, but I will say from starting with Man of Steel, mm-hmm. I do not like his DC output. Um, I've, uh, I did not like Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. I respected some people, and there's some from critics I love who loved it. So I respect their reasoning why. And I even met people throughout the years who really love the movie and they tell me a very uh, intellectual reason why they felt that way and their personal reasons. All right, all right, you know what? I can respect that Man of Steel just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Um, it's not because, oh, I want my happy Superman. No, 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 no. It's, it's a little more deeper than that. I feel like as a film, I have a lot of fundamental issues with it in its writing mm-hmm. and its structure. Um, so wait, I, I, I'll admit the Man of Steel not being for me. But you know, understood that it's it's it really worked on others. I'm kind of jealous, you know, because I don't want to hate a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> then Batman v Superman came out, and I think that movie is poisonous <laughs> to Superman and Batman. I think that movie has a that movie feels like a bad fan film in the early two thousands. Because mm. at this point, Superman hasn't been well-defined to create mm. a concept that he can clash with Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have a lot of problems. I don't hate. Hey, and I'm gonna be clear. I don't hate on Batflick. I think Affleck is a solid choice to play Batman. Hey, the quote of Kevin Stewart movie, he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Always. Mm. Always the bomb. <laughs> and mm. he's got that Batman shit, you know? So it's yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. and Bat- I have... Yeah. yeah, Ben Affleck's a good actor. I give him credit. I like Ben yeah. Affleck. He, yeah. he literally started doing movies for the paycheck to the point where he literally did a movie called Paycheck. Paycheck. <laughs> which is hilarious. But think about this, I was like, no, nah, he's a good actor. So He's a good yeah. actor. So... Yeah, he, but I have problems with that movie. I have massive problems with the movie. And movie, I think that movie is 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 toxic, honestly. Mm, mm. That's how much I hate. I now I want to point something out again. Before I went to go see the four hours that Zack Snyder Justice League, I decided it's been I haven't seen Batman v Superman since theaters. I'm gonna go be fair and try to watch the ultimate cut. That's oh. three hours long. Oh, I heard about, yeah. So I and I've heard some folks go, oh, but okay, this is the better cut. This is the cut that makes more sense. And I'm like, all right <laughs> so i did i it did but i still hate the movie nice of course. I, it's now it's just 30 minutes longer now mm. <laughs> so before we get into it i low-key did a little bit of the same thing so like in my recaps i did not like man of steel okay um and for the reason why I did i man of steel is like here's the thing just make everybody clear i'm a comic writer and think about this though is that I love comics and I love like I love DC and I love Marvel. Same. I, I like I'm not like one or the other. Like my Flash is Wally West, my Green Arrow is Connor Hawk, and my Green Lantern is uh Kyle Rayner. Like every day, all day. My Robin's Tim Drake. Let's get it going. And so the thing about this though is that like I love the DC universe because their heroes, again, Trishy Woods, they, they gave us so much hope because they did the right thing because it was the right thing. Marvel was a little bit more dark and gritty, but that, yeah, you appreciate that because the stakes were a lot lower too, though. And the reason why. <clears throat> It worked with DC being so like above because everyone there really has almost the powers of a god. If they didn't have that level of morality and ideals, it'd be like, oh, you, y'all are a threat. Y'all are a threat to us. And so the thing about it is though, is that like when I went to go see Man of Steel, the reason why I didn't like it is like, because again, I agree with you about all the filmmaking points of it, but I feel like before you put this version of Superman or you do almost Elseworlds, a darker version of Superman, it'd be nice to see Superman again. And that was kind of my problem there is that that's not Superman. There are things in Man of Steel that he did. I'm like, Clark Kent, Superman, raised in Kansas by Ma Paul Kent wouldn't do. Yeah. I always go back to this thing. Like, I love Kevin Costner. I think Kevin Costner is an amazing actor. When he was cast with Paul Kent, I thought that was dope. But that was that a whole, great call. Brilliant idea. Yeah. But that whole scene where he's like, no. And he dies for Clark. And I guess spoilers for something that was like 10 years ago or whatever. But when he dies, I'm like, no, Superman wouldn't do that. Superman would go and save him because it's the right thing to do. Even if it pisses Jonathan off. Exactly, because that's what Superman is. Superman does yeah. the right thing. And again, we're not going to do a whole review of Man of Steel, but like towards the end when he kills Zod, people ask me like, why did you hate that? I was like, the reason why I dislike that is because Superman finds the higher road. He does the harder thing because if Superman wanted to, he can kill everybody. Bank robbers, you serial killers, you Lex Luthor, it's like he would just kill them. But again, think- the reason... No, to put it simply, I not to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt you on that, but like to put it simply, someone asked me why I was bothered by that, and I said because I, you know, they were saying, oh, but that deal, you know, like, the filmmakers were saying that like this is their way of showing that, oh, this after this Superman wasn't wouldn't kill again, and I went, I've never had to kill a person to know that's wrong. Exactly. exactly. I've never killed a person to know that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't give me that's weird, weird logic. It's you like, know? yeah, it's like it's terrible logic. It's like not. It's like it's like. It's, it's like some pseudo logic that you're just trying to pass off. Right. And the other part about too, though, is that I give a lot of credit to Grant Morrison. So reading mm, mm. Justice League of America, JLA, Grant Morrison does a fantastic run. Thank My favorite you. comic run. Absolutely favorite comic run. 
Same, amazing. And what's dope is though, is that if you break collect the graphic novels, he does bios of the characters at the very beginning. And what's really dope is though, it shows you Grant Morrison as a writer understanding of these characters. When he gets to Batman, he says, Batman isn't seeking revenge. He is seeking to stop other people from experience what he's gone through. Yes. Whoa. It's yes. like, that's again, layers to this character. And then we talk about Superman. He's like, Superman is hero to heroes. He's yes. what everyone else aspires to be. Because when Superman makes the hard decision not to kill, you look at other lower level heroes from Nightwing to Flash to Impulse to whoever, they're like, nah, if Superman ain't doing it, why should I do it? And so it kind of opens Pandora's box in a way. And again, I get that you want to do your version of Superman, but my problem with this is like, before we start doing Elseworlds type stuff with Superman, how about we just get a Superman movie, then you can explore that. And then I totally agree with you. When we get to Batman v Superman, I'm like, you never did the legwork. You can't do Batman v Superman until you do Batman meets Superman. Again, you kind of got to build up to this. You got to establish the friendship. You got to establish emotional depth. When I compare Batman v Superman to Civil War, I'm going to be like, no, the stakes are way higher in Civil War. And Civil War isn't even rated that high in the Marvel movie franchise by some people. But they do agree, though, it's a great battle between of ideals between Cap and Iron Man. And so because they've done- It's funny because they came out the same year. Yeah. They and came again, out the exact same year. Exactly. Yeah. But they've done the legwork in Marvel. And the thing about this, though, again, I'm not telling DC to take the Marvel method because I know they're very opposed to the idea, but you just got to do like where they meet. So how about Batman and Superman, then the fall is Batman v Superman. You kind of take your time. You do like the world's greatest movie first where they team up together and you establish a friendship, you establish the camaraderie, then you move on to like the higher stakes. But you didn't even do that. So when we get to Batman v Superman, is this a schlocky mess that makes no sense? No. And then again, I, I agree. I thought it was ridiculous too. The introduction of Wonder Woman, the introduction of characters via um, icons on the computer screen it was like, well, that's the Flash's logo. So I guess that's the Flash. I guess Lex Luthor made everybody's logos. Huh? Yeah, he and, hired like a graphic artist to <laughs> exactly <laughs> make yeah, everyone's not, logos. Well, we're not here for that. No, exactly. No. We're, we're, we're not here to talk about that. But that Snack Snyder versus uh, so Zack Snyder's Justice League. Me personally, it's a better film than the original yes. Justice League. Because again, mm -hmm. everything makes sense. Again, it's four hours long and you can watch it a variety of ways. Like I heard like you spit over two days. I sit down and did it, which I think is the least way anyone should do it. You should treat it like almost like a Netflix show where it's like they have a little chapter break. So you should probably stop and like chapter one, chapter two, like take a break in between and everything like that. So that way you're not like overpowering yourself. But it does storyline wise make more sense. My problem with it though is it's not really a film. And here's why I say this. Yeah, sure. The thing about it is, though, it's four hours long. And the thing about it is, though, is like you really can't take anything and for it to still work the same way, honestly. And so the problem is, though, is that how do you put that in the theaters? There's no real way to scale that back to three hours to two hours and 50 minutes. And so the problem is, because the moment you do that, you get the Justice League that we got before, which is like, this is all over the place. This don't really make that much sense. No, my biggest problem, here's the thing with this movie. I want, I want, I want people to really understand this about this version that's on HBO Max right now. This is not the film that Zack Snyder was going to make in 2017 if he stayed on the production from a game to end. That's not this movie. This is not that movie. I want to be so, so clear on that. He would have never made it this way. It's not even, to, oh, because of Warner Bros. No, I just think as a person, as an artist, it would have never been edited this way the chapter breaks wouldn't have existed it would have been at least at max three hours long 230 mm -hmm. minimum right this thing that's in the hbo max is not mm -hmm. not even close to what he was going to do now that being said do i think it's a better film absolutely i'm with you johnny it is a way better movie i even rewatched 
the theatrical cut the day after just for fun just to see the direct comparisons and i already can immediately now that i have the two next to each other i'm like okay this is where the theatrical cut utterly failed and this is where the four-hour cut does do better um but i also think zack snyder's a different person now yeah and when he made that film i don't think i think the guy who made batman v superman and man of steel was way more cynical than the guy who drew, who finished justice league mm. that's I, what, I think there's a little twinge of more hope in this than he would have made in 2017 personally i i agree with you i agree with you but <clears throat> but there's something that bothers me about this too though and mm-hmm. i had this thought today as i was listening to like you know some other podcasts like review and talk about them and everybody talked about how they went back and watched the films because i did the same thing i went back and watched batman v superman tried to was like haha <laughs> Turn this crap off now. Not totally even. fair. Um, <laughs> and I watched bits and pieces of Justice League again. Um, but the thing about it is, though, is that the thing that kind of bothered me is that, like, is the fact that he got so many chances. And again, this is yeah. diversity. So, yeah. just where I have a problem with it. Have you ever heard a theory about the mediocre white man? Oh, please, please. I know, but please explain it. Okay. So, the whole thing <laughs> about the mediocre white man is that, that you can be a mediocre white man and you'll succeed to all these amazing heights. Is by being mediocre because of white privilege and white male privilege. And the thing about it is, though, in order for a person of color or a woman to get to that same level as you, they have to be exceptional. Think about, for example, the movie Green Book. Like a lot of people, like people of color, black people have a problem with Green Book because, again, it makes the white man, the driver, like this hero, whatever, seemingly for doing the basic thing of not being racist. Versus you have this black man who's in this film, who's this uh, piano player, who has an apartment above Carnegie freaking Hall, who's on a whole nother level of exceptionalism. But again, this is the way this vehicle portrays, and that's kind of the dichotomy right there. To be a black man to get that Academy Award, you got to be exceptional. To be a white man to get to that level, you just got to be mediocre. And so when I look at Zack Snyder, my problem is, is I'm looking at it like, bruh, it's the fourth time. Of course you got it right. It's like, if you don't get it right by the fourth time, you're just goddamn incompetent. And I'm sorry, but here's the thing. You did Man of Steel. It was polarizing. It didn't do that well. You did Batman v Superman. It was kind of a flop. And here's the thing. When it comes to Justice League, you can put part of that on Josh Whedon, but that's still a joint failure, though, because they still use your footage. And so at the end of the day, that's all y'all's failure. So you literally, again, you had three chances and the fourth time you got it right. Why are you allowed to fail this much? And here's the thing. I wouldn't even be that upset about it. I wouldn't even be that upset about it if I didn't read the headline yesterday. You know I'm about to bring up right now. Oh. Mm-hmm. Is that Ava DuVernay and James Wan both lost their DC projects on the same day. And again, a, a woman of color, a black woman, and an Asian American director both lost their projects. It's some bullshit. I want to I wanna put something out about that, right? Okay. Because I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh. I was very, you know, like I was disappointed in, you know, the, the trench project that James Wan was going to produce. I didn't know how I felt about that overall, but hey, sure, why not? A horror movie in the DC, whatever. Yeah. J- Johnny, you, you have no idea how upset I was when I heard about the Ava DuVernay project being canceled. I was hyped when they announced her. Hyped mm-hmm. when they announced her. I, um, mm-hmm. and then she brought in Tom King to mm-hmm. kind of help it out and make it more and like, I think I, what I would really hurt was hearing King on Twitter go, was reading Queen, uh, like Tom King on Twitter going like, man, it's a, it's a real shame because we were really hoping to do Kirby proud. And you have no idea how much I've been wanting to see Jack Kirby be fully honored in a movie. Rest in peace to the King. Exactly. And DuVernay, listen, like I know, like, okay, I, I know her A Wrinkle in Time wasn't very well received, but I will still stand that I think that movie is incredibly imaginative visually. Yeah. I think she pulled off 
she came up with some amazing framework. She did some great, exciting choices in the costuming and the visual effects. And I thought she got, she, she, she embraced a pop visual look I did not know was in her. But mm -hmm. after I saw A Wrinkle in Time, I went, I am so ready for her new gods. Yeah. If she can do that, I'm ready for her to jump in on Jack Kirby. And and that's and less low key is my problem in a way is that like again is that the fact that like even if Regal Time is not well received or even have some problems with it, it's like she should get opportunities to fail and to give her another shot. But people of color and women don't get the opportunity, and that's the bullshit part about it. Yes. It's like, at the end of the day, it's like Zack Snyder's getting all this praise right now. I was like, motherfucker, you got three fucking chances, four chances. Of course you're going to get it right. You had three years to fix this. It's almost like you got the answer to the chest as, test as you cheated. Oh. Of course you're going to get this right. You already knew what people... Here's the thing. <clears throat> and making this, you already knew what people already had problems with. You read right. what the critics said. You were right. able to talk to a, a large fan base. You know what people did like. So as you put this together, you're able to get it right. Like, I know people praise that Jared Leto scene at the end. But I'm like, yeah, but you knew we all thought the Jared Leto from Suicide Squad was stupid looking. So you immediately changed him, and he looks like the Jared Leto. Sorry, he looks like the Joker from um, Dark Knight. He looks like Heath Ledger's J uh, J uh, Joker. Yeah. So at the end yeah. of the day, it's like, dude, of course you're able to succeed and get these things right. And now, I want... where... Go ahead. And I was like, that's where I have a problem with it because we see this a lot of time with other white directors as well. Kevin yep. Smith, somebody who we both like and appreciate. Yes. Kevin be failing on a regular fucking basis. Repeated. And, and I love Kevin Smith. Same. Yeah. Love him to death. Like, he's a dope person. He's a dope human being. But Kevin be failing on a dope regular fucking basis. And then it comes out and he's able to get funding for another fucking film. And yeah. so, and again, my applies for Kirsten getting upset like this, everybody. Again, but the thing about this is that, like, Again, it's just, it's problematic and it gets me upset when I see these things happening and I see these double standards and I want directors of color and women to be treated equally and yes. get these same opportunities. And it's, yeah, it's just it's just weird praise. It gets me upset when you're praising this dude for being mediocre. It does something that he should have done right. I want to do, I will want to emphasize uh, one element in the new in the new cut that I do feel like is worth the cut. And it is Ray Fisher as Cyborg. Hmm, okay. Because, um... I know he's, I I stand by Ray Fisher. I, I I think what he's doing right now to try to basically call out the all the hypocrisy we're talking about, he's calling it out. And this this could ruin him for his career the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't care because he knows this is bullshit, the shit that he went through making Justice League. So yeah. I want to point out yeah. that all the work that he's been doing is worth it in terms of what we saw in Cyborg. This is great. The Cyborg stuff, in just in Stack Sliders, Justice League is really great. He's the heart of the film. He's, he is. He is. This, it's definitely the best part of the movie. Is all the cyborg stuff. And I, 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 I felt that like I, I saw what Ray was doing in his performance. Like, oh no, dude, you're great. Yeah, you got screwed in the theatrical cut. I watched the theatrical cut again, and all of that build up and emotion they created for that that's existing in the Snyder cut is distilled in one scene in the 2017 theatrical cut distilled in one scene it's all and it's in a giant exposition dump you know um so no ray had every right to feel like he uh, you know hey he signed on for one movie he yeah. didn't get to make that movie he made that movie this is what's frustrating he signed on for one movie he didn't and he filmed that movie mm -hmm. and he had to come back and erase the other movie yeah that's fucked that's it fucked is. up so I'm, I'm glad that he is getting a little bit of justice in terms of people going, hey, hey, Cyborg is actually really good in this movie, as opposed to Cyborg feeling kind of empty. He's there. Yeah, yeah, he's there. I, I, I agree with you. I love the fact that he's getting this justice. I love the fact he's speaking up now, because you know I'm bad with names. What's my homie's name from um, 
from Star Wars, um, the brother, uh, a bad with names. John, John Boyega, thank you. Um, Finn, thank you. I'm, you know I'm terrible with names. But John Boyega is doing the same thing right now because during the summer during the Black Lives Matter movement, he was like speaking of everything. And think about oh, yeah. this, we've had this conversation before. We won't have this right now. We'll save that for a special episode. But like, I have problems with uh, the rise of Skywalker from again, um, as a, as a black man, still want to see a black Jedi that was set up in the first film to see his role reduced and like further keep getting reduced or whatnot. And so I love the fact that he spoke about that. He spoke about all these other things. He's speaking about Hollywood and he's like standing his ground. So between him and Ray Fisher, this is the power of youth and the power of, again, the youth getting behind these movements is they're like, no, I'm going to put myself at risk and I'm mm-hmm. going to speak out on these things and people are getting their back. So it's going to be up to us as fans to keep supporting them. So yes. with John Boyega and Ray Fisher come on a new project and it may be like a low budget $2 million film, you see it three times. Oh, right. if you can, because Damn give them right. that money so that way they keep making more stuff and they can keep speaking out and keep bringing um, light, shed light on these things. So I, totally, so I totally agree with you. I do love that Ray Fisher. Uh, he has more clout. Just two more things, though. And that one thing is I'm going to positive something that I did like from this film. I did not like, again, talking about the film standpoint of it, though, mm-hmm. I did not like some of the emotional depth that they missed out on here because I feel like Zack Snyder sometimes tries to go for, like, what's cool and edgy. Oh, yeah. Like, you need to slow down and let some heart bleed right here and some storytelling mm-hmm. happening. So again, mm-hmm. spoilers, spoilers. Um, there's this point where like Cyborg's dad dies and he risks his life, like, you know, everything. Cyborg only has like a minute 30 to like two minutes of grieving right there. But I was like, dude, stop. That's your moment right there that you kind of like really miss opportunity on. Because in that room, as he's like grieving, from, again, only minute 30 seconds, two minutes, so it should have been longer. You have the Flash, whose dad mm-hmm. is in jail. His only connection, you visit him on a regular basis. His heart's broken and not be able to be with his dad. Then after that, you got Wonder Woman, whose mother's always the mascara. She regrets leaving every day, but she understands she has to be here, but she wishes she could be with her mother. Then after that, you have Aquaman, whose mother left him on her doorstep and whose dad is his only connection right there, who has his own parental issues. Then you got Bat-freaking-Man, the king of parental grief, right there in that moment. I'm like, no, you missed out. Because that's the moment where Batman is supposed to take off the cow, go over him, comfort him. And then at the end of them all comforting him and them all talking about their emotion was like, you're one of us. You know what? We do. This, that's a great, beautiful point because I feel like connecting, how do you, how do these random people from all over walks of life connect? And I feel like what you just suggested, that's what, that's what was missing. Do you remember the scene in Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This scene, this scene to me is what made the movie fucking great. It's the scene where after, you know, Miles is, you know, spoilers for the Spider-Verse, but, you know, Miles had a great tragedy. And every, you think all these random, weird, alternate reality versions of Spider-Man have, would have nothing in common except being Spider-Man. But each of no. them said, I had this happen to me. Yeah. I had this happen to me. Yeah. I had this happen to me. And then the clincher, the clincher of the whole scene is that the cartoon one, the cartoon one, the pig, says the most heartbreaking thing out of all of them, where he literally goes, sometimes you just can't save everyone. And I'm like, oh my God, Spider-Ham said that? <laughs> Spider-Ham said that. So good, so good. So I feel like that's something like that, which that hasn't even been done in Avengers. Something like that. Oh God, Johnny, my brain's racing with you just said. Something like that would have been beautiful because it's a case where it's like, Everyone's got parental griefs trauma. or sorrow or trauma, mm-hmm. daddy issues, whatever. But that's something they all could have connected. Exactly. And then Cyborg could have said something like, none of you will understand what I'm going through. And literally all I'm like, nah, dude, we all understand what you're going through. 
Exactly. And that's, <laughs> that's through the moment where they become a team. It's yeah. not where they're like going to roll rush against uh, Stephen Wolf and they're all doing this jump action stop. No, yeah. it's like when they're all there together, that's the emotional beat where they all become a team right there. That's what you needed. But again, you were trying to do a Jared Leto scene at the end where you're trying to make a pitch to get yourself another film. And you thought that was more important than actually trying to build this stuff up. Yeah. And that's the game where I have a problem at. That's where it's like, yeah, homie, you kind of mediocre at times. Um, but I will yeah. say, I will say, Again, there are things that I do like, though. Like, here's the thing. I love that flash scene with Ezra Miller. Like, I love the way Ezra Miller does that whole thing. I love the way, like, he breaks the glass. It's such a graceful, just like, boop. Like, let me just see what I do. Like, boop. And then it breaks and everything like that. He goes out, and it's that song is playing, and he's going to rescue Iris. And you see that he's falling in love right there. And the actress who's playing Iris, I can't remember her name, but she's on from Christy Clemens. Christy Clemens, and she's from her. She's from yeah. Joe, which is another film that everyone should see. Um, and so, again, it's so awesome. And, again, he takes, like, the hot dog and a little, little bit and puts it in his pocket and everything like that. Um, again, I love that. I love that. I thought it was funny. I thought it was charming. I thought it was sweet. And then Ezra Miller, like, again, afterwards, like, the whole accent goes down. He's in there with the uh, dogs. He's like, oh, and I carry treats in my pocket to keep animals calm. So I start Monday. I start Monday. <laughs> I'm like, Ezra Miller, I love you. This is so dope. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the Flash film because I want to see but Same. but yeah, but again, there are moments like Ray Fisher, The Flash, they get justice in this. Um, things are kind of weird. That whole Martian Manhunter thing. I love John Jones. I love John Jones to death. Mm-hmm. Same, same. And I and I, and I was a little bummed that John seemed like it seemed like that John was kind of being left behind with the live action movie stuff. Mm-hmm. I know he's in Supergirl, and I I'm so happy he's in Supergirl. He's he's really used well in Supergirl, mm-hmm. but. I mean, like, John Jones, to me, is, like, a Justice League character. Like, uh, he's, like, one of, like, Justice League, the cartoon series, the comic books. Like, to me, John Jones should be here. And it's weird that he wasn't when I, you know, when, in any live-action film. So while I was happy to see him here, I was going, why did you pretend to be Superman's mom? Yeah. And, and not do anything? And yeah. It's again, it's weird. And I, I get the reason why he did it again, because he's trying to, he's again, I feel like Zack Snyder went and put these bits in yep, because yep. he's trying to build up. He, sorry, let me rephrase that. He may have filmed this beforehand, but the reason why he left this in, he did that whole Martian Manhunter, Batman, Ben Affleck scene at the end is because he's trying to make a pitch to keep making more films, to right. keep putting his universe out there. And that's one of the bigger things. I remember someone said, like, do you think they're going to make this? I'm like, here's the thing, of course, like a studio will never leave a dollar on the table. Like, I think about this, a studio will get any money that's available. The thing this is going to come down to is contract negotiations. Because right. the thing about this, if they try to say, we're going to make it now, before they lock in all these different actors and their contracts or whatever, they're going to get raked over the table and they're going to get like so much money taken away from them. So they're going to play it cool. They're going to keep it to their chest. They're going to try to negotiate these contracts, see what they can get back, see how they can maybe tie this in with, um, what's going to be his name from Twilight? Oh, Patterson. Patterson's Batman, all those other stuff they're doing. So they're going to figure out what their plan is. But yeah, they're keeping it close to the chest right now. They're probably going to try to get it going. And low key, that's what kind of makes me upset about Ava DuVernay's situation. Yep. Because there's rumors that because of the way Darkseid was portrayed here, they want to go with that. So that's scrapped Ava DuVernay's vision. Mm. So it's like the media, which again, it goes back to the point, the mediocre white man on his fourth freaking try scrapped a black woman's project. That's problematic. That's problematic. That's problematic 100%. And here's the thing. I would just say this, like, here's the thing. If you want to do that version, okay, cool. But before you scrap a project, you'd be like, we are going to give you this instead. Like, we have this set up for you instead. Or I even take that back. You don't even need to do that shit. Because they have, like, three versions of Harley Quinn running around. I was just going to say. Flash. She can still I, do her own damn movie. I, w- I was just going to say that, Johnny. I was just going to say that. Don't give me this crap that, oh, well, we don't, 
we don't we want to stick with one version of dark you have four versions of batman right now yeah yeah there's a version on titans the live action show there's a version on batwoman there's pattison there's affleck and if the rumors are true keaton's coming back that's five batmans don't forget you had gotham for a little while six six batmans and we're gonna be talking when we get to the animated series as well and that's that's adding no, and then you're and then you're having a Flash movie that's going to star Ezra, not Grant, who's been the Flash for seven years. Mm-hmm. Do not give me that bullshit. Yeah, that you can't have more than one. You can have Ava's dark side, and you're going to have Zach's dark side. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet, but it's highly recommended. You got two versions of Holly, three versions of Harley Quinn running around. Mm-hmm. You got the Harley Quinn animated series. Yes. And you got the Harley Quinn in the movies. Right. And then of course, you got Harley Quinn popping up at other places and everything like that as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just like, no, you could totally still do this. But again, yeah. the reason why you were able to do it though, the reason why you felt no guilt, again, it was a minority and it was a black woman. Had this probably been like a white man or something like that. And again, I hate to make these assumptions, but we live in a world where like oppression like this takes place and we see systemic racism. These are the questions we have to ask and these are the things mm-hmm. we got to call out to yep. make sure people are getting a fair shake. Because yeah. again, if we don't say these things, it will continue on. Yes. It's not fair. It's not no. fair at all. I feel like, because right now, here's the thing, right? With, with Ava DuVernay, um, Ava DuVernay is such a strong, not only she, she's a she's a good filmmaker, but she's such a strong presence in the world you know what i mean like she is an incredible activist she's letting her mind she's letting you know she's saying the right things mm-hmm. she's doing a lot of she's pushing the right things in my head at least in my personal it what i feel and to have her to do this big budget imaginative dc superhero movie based off of one of the greatest combo artists of all times most like like treasured work for him you know dark like new gods fourth world is jack kirby unfiltered now whether you think that's good or not up for debate but it's jack kirby unfiltered and the idea that duvernay wanted to jump in that world pay homage to him she said that multiple times and the fact that it's beyond even just paying homage to him she brings a a person of color's perspective on that world Mm -hmm. so that meant that probably would have meant blind color colorblind casting that would have meant um gender swap casting you know barda could have played been played by anyone you know, Scott Free could have been played by anyone. Yeah. You know. And let's only forget too though that Jack Kirby, again, again, a Jewish American, again, when he made Captain America and all these different things like that, mm-hmm. these were all things that he was going by, again, to fight anti-Semitism. And Jack so a is a this, Jack was a progressive before anyone knew what that meant. Exactly. And so the thing about this though, so you could see how Ava DuVernay would do this justice in her casting of him and like represent what he wanted to get across. Yeah. And I gotta be real, the person I'm gonna call out who needs to make right on this situation, it's the studio, but it's also Zach Snyder. Yeah. It's, like back during June, I remember when everything was going on and we call each other and check in when Black Lives Matter stuff was going on. Yeah. You me and I thank you for that. When all this crap is happening with the Asian American community, I'm calling you to everybody checking in. And I thank you for that. Yeah. yeah show. But the thing about this was that with Zach Stein, I'm like, it's cool to tweet Black Lives Matter. It's cool to say it, but there's times when you just step up. And yeah. one of these times when you need to step up, because here's the thing, because if she's getting her project canceled, you just step in and be like, nah, you don't need to do that you can keep a project going and he should because yeah. at the end of the day like that's what being an ally is it's putting yeah. yourself on the line because you have privilege here you had the privilege of getting these four freaking movies made because again you kind of mediocre your way along with it and so the thing about this though you should help her out use your privilege to help able get another shot because the thing about this though like again back during the summer we were saying black lives matter and that's cool but the thing about this though, is that people think like just putting it on jerseys and putting it on a court that's the battle no, the battle's being fought right now for like able to get in her direction. The battle's being fought right now for Atlanta and the voting rights stuff that's happening there. 
Those are the fights that you have to step up for. A tweet is cool. An Instagram post at a March rally is cool, but you got to be willing to do the legwork when the hard stuff pops up. And that's what we got to start doing now. Agreed. Agreed. No, agreed. 100% agree. And yeah, like, why why a movie? Why are we so focused on a movie? Why are we so upset that a movie got canceled? And, and it's the weeks okay i want to point something out. i know it's sort of a heady topic to even put in this thing because we're talking about justice league and i want to get back to justice league as a wrap-up but i will say why why we say representation matter why we keep saying that you know like why why we made a whole channel that discusses and breaks down diversity and representation why do we keep doing this and the answer is when you see good positive portrayals of people of all types in popular media, you help subconsciously inform other people that these are still people and that you can accept them and love them no matter how, air quote, different you think they are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, why do I want to see an Asian American superhero so bad? It's because I am an Asian American, Southeast Asian, Filipino kid who loved superheroes but they were all white <laughs> you know well some blacks some black characters obviously but like no no asian characters i i when i found my first filipino superhero in the form of grail and wetworks my mind my mind was blown you know like he's filipino changed everything changed and then i realized why isn't there more you know why is my only choice shang chi you know, uh, or Karate Kid in uh, in Legion of Superheroes, etc. You know, like it was like a dub though. I know, but I love them. Don't get me wrong. Know, that motherfucker, <laughs> motherfucker could punch planets, and he all he knew was karate. Shit was a fucking amazing. I love karate. Don't get karate, don't, don't karate, get me wrong. Karate. All respect you know, to Karate Kid, <laughs> but you get no, what I'm saying. No, I get what you. I'm saying. No, I get what you. I'm saying. I feel yeah. like thing, but is even for black superheroes, like they get made, but they don't get forefronted because yes. a lot of times, like when it comes to being black, like we get like here's because it goes back to our Tiana review when we talked about that. The yeah. thing about it is though, they'll create a black character, but they'll never do the legwork for it, and they do it just to check a box because they feel like if we made the black person, we made the minorities happy. But the thing about it is though, that's not what you need to do. You need one yeah. represent everybody, but when you do represent us on screen, you gotta do us right. And that's the thing is that they don't do it right. But when you do do it right though, guess what? You make a lot of money doing it. You yeah. Because here's the thing, before I bring up the example of Black Panther, which again is a perfect example of that, bruh, Blade. People always try to say that Spider-Man and X-Men started the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Bruh, Blade started the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that came out with Wesley Snipes backing. It was a low-budget film. There was a huge success that led to a trilogy. First yeah. one was amazing. Second one was outstanding. Third one, here, yeah. here, here. We'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah. But yeah, but that's the thing though. So again, and um, we're going to do a special episode probably on this too. There was a McKinney report that came out. I'll send it to you just so we can talk about it, where they explored how like my um, by not casting minorities in Hollywood and directors and all these different things, that they're leaving tons of money on the table. But we'll do a special episode oh. talk about that. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Getting back to Justice League though. Um, so overall, like, are you looking forward to like the next things that are going to come from this or how are you feeling? I feel personally that, okay, at the end of the day, someone asked me what I think about it. And I said, would you believe that I said I kind of liked it? Mm. I have issues. Issues are addressed. It's too long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Way too long. Mm -hmm. Stuff are still there. There's no reason this movie needs to be four hours long. But I think there were a lot of things that I found. Hey, that's kind of cool. Hey, that's actually pretty enjoyable. 
I was surprised. So I think overall, I was happy with it. That being said, mm-hmm. I think I, I, I want Zack Snyder to move on. I, I, I He's got that new zombie movie coming out on Netflix this month. I'll watch that because that's a new thing. You know, he's got Batista leading, leading that movie. Mm. That looks more like Zack Snyder's bullshit. You know, zombies, action, all that. All right. Zach, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Going Dawn back of to the, the Dead. Going back to the well. Exactly. Like, Zach, just do, just do your own thing, man. You know, he was like, here's what I want him to do. He cast Ray Fisher as a lead in the next Zack Snyder thing. That's what he should do. He wants to help. He wants to be, you know, like that. He thinks Ray also got the short, 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 the shafts or whatever. Cast, cast Ray in the lead. Yeah. Cast Ray in the lead. Whatever the fuck that is. I don't care what that, you know, what you want. To, it's a, want to say you want to make like a Excalibur movie. Okay, fine. But make an excuse that Ray's King Arthur. I don't give a shit. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, put your money where your mouth is, man. And like, mm-hmm. and I feel to me, just say goodbye. Move on. Move on from this stuff, dude. Just move mm-hmm. on like that epilogue the nightmare epilogue with the joker and fucking Nightmare, all that shit to me that's like reading a comic book with like the alternate reality shit right mm. where it's like that's one reality and sometimes you know you think about what they would do in that universe but at the end of the day you're kind of cool not going past it because you're ready to read other shit and that's yeah. that's my feelings like move on Zach's i move on i know and, and someone at higher ray fisher for God's sakes, if oh, not yeah. Zack Snyder, someone hire Ray Fisher. The dude is is an excellent actor. He's quite great in this movie, in the cut that is out. Um, let, no, let him feel loved. He's deserved it. He's good. He's real yeah. good. I I agree with you. Um, and again, like again, this again, it makes sense. But this is for a try. Of course, it makes sense because you had all yeah. this time to get it right. Exactly. You had, three, you had yeah. three years to consider what you would do different. Absolutely. Um, but at the end of the day, like. I think if he were to continue this like Justice League or continue like this Snyderverse or whatever, it needs to be done on HBO Max. I agree, hundred percent. I think it's a great call. Yeah, it works better there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you can do what you want to do. You can break it up into episodes, but I think it would give you a much longer time to do storytelling. You might even be able to bring in a writer's room and help you guys develop this a little bit more, so you'll catch those emotional beats that you missed out on. Yeah. But there's a again, they're going to make another Wonder Woman film. We know that's for sure. They're, they're going to make the Ezra Miller Flash. Yes. And so if this is your chance to kind of maybe get this right and keep it going, sorry, let me phrase that. Not really get it. Well, I don't know about getting it right. But I feel, yeah. But I'm going to continue on. Continue, exactly. Because there are people who want to see this. So continue on on HBO Max. And I think that's a perfect place for it. Agreed. It's a total Elseworld story. You're going to mm-hmm. go through all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. And, that, and that gives me hope that maybe four years, you get a real Superman someday. So that would be nice to see. Well, but, let's pull in for Tanasi Coates, man. Exactly. Well, he's, the current, he's the current writer. And I'm like, Her, what, open. Hey, exactly. hey, I'll say this. I JJ Abrams is producing only that movie. Ava just came, Ava just got free. Oh, there you go. There you go. Give him a call. Give her a call. Oh my god. Imagine an Ava DuVernay Superman movie written by Tanasi Coates. That woo levels. Levels oh. of commentary you can do. Oh because oh. that was because that was another thing I didn't like. I'm not going to go into it too much, but that was another thing I didn't like was the female representation here because you made Lois Lane to just a grieving widow for like this whole thing. She just played mm-hmm. the girlfriend where I'm like, dude, that's Lois Lane. That's a Paul surprise reading the investigative reporter. Lois yeah. Lane is a badass. Like, again, she was never really portrayed as that here, but we'll go ahead and wrap up though and everything because we got, again, we have other stuff we want to talk about and whatnot. That's right. But, but uh, again, thanks for coming in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this chat of Plus Diversity and um, we'll see you next time. Peace. Martha! Why'd you say that name?
He used to think life was all about me. I was the hero of my own story. Bruce Wayne of one lifelong issue of Detective Comics, so to speak. And that kid came along and suddenly you realize you're not Bruce Wayne anymore. You're Thomas Wayne, or Bruce Wayne's mom, whose name escapes me.